Thank you. Thanks, Abigail. Thank you very much. And good morning, everybody. Good morning to you all. And good morning to all of you at home. Great to have you tuning in uh, this morning. So, uh, we're continuing with our series, looking at the book of Luke. And today, we've heard the passage. It's a really familiar tale from Luke chapter 8. I'm sure you've all heard this story before. You may have read it many, many times. You may have heard many preaches on this particular story. Um, But today, we're using it as a means to focus on the peace of the kingdom. That was the, the title I was given to prepare for today. So peace a word that is very, very emotive. Um, We talk about it a lot. We hear songs about it at church. We sing songs about it. But, you know, as we run up to Christmas, it's all about peace be with you, the season of peace and goodwill. Um, It's something that's hoped for. It's dreamed about. People pray for it. Global leaders gather and try and broker peace. And to different things, it means different things. So to get a sense of what some think, I asked some of my colleagues at the BBC, what is peace? Peace to me means contentment, being at ease with yourself and love as well. If you love yourself, it's very easy to love other people as well. And to me, that is so important in life. What do I think peace means? I think peace means harmony. I think it means living without threat, living without fear, um, living cohesively um, and being happy. Uh, Being with your loved ones. Good one. Walking by the seaside on a quiet day or a sunny day. Um, walking by the garden. Um, sitting under a tree quietly. Peace is love, happiness, and being content. Peace for me would be a news bulletin without a single miserable story in it. What is peace? Uh, It is tranquility, the absence of fighting, um, happiness, being kind and loving. Uh, Silence and listening. Peace for me would be in a personal sense, which I suppose you can translate wider, not having anxiety or a worry or knowing someone's upset, gnawing away in my mind. A break from that is peace for me. Peace is a winter's day with deep snow and in the middle of the forest, just standing there listening to absolutely nothing. Okay, I see peace as being, on a worldly term, as one of um, absence of war and serenity. Uh, But on a biblical term, um, being the fruit of the Spirit, where Jesus allowed us to have a relationship with God, uh, and a relationship with others and also with ourselves and the completeness and, and um, wholeness in that. I don't need to say any more. That's Jenny, a real blessing at work. Um, so what, it, what is peace for you? What is peace for you? Is it quiet? Is it being in your favourite place and not being disturbed while you're there? Is it not hearing, Mum? <laughs> is giving you a bit of insight into my world. Um, is it something you think you, you'd love to experience, like time standing still, but actually you won't? Is it, if you think about peace or when you may have been in a place of peace, is it something in the past? 
Or is it being with someone who is no longer here? Um, If you look at the Oxford English Dictionary, let's see what they say is peace, the definition of peace. So we have it behind us, hopefully. It will say freedom from anxiety, disturbance, or inner conflict, calm, tranquility. Sounds great, doesn't it? But if you bear that definition in mind, you could easily argue at the moment it is a rare commodity. Certainly, if you watch or you listen to the news, and as I've already implied, I work for BBC News, it's my job to cover the global news agenda. There's only one conclusion you can really draw about peace, and that is there's a real desire for peace, but it's really hard to find. And actually, there's plenty of the opposite to peace. Anxiety, conflict, fear, misery, and war. And for many, the last 20 months has been particularly challenging. COVID-19, a global pandemic, the impact of that, the lockdown periods, it's been very hard for even the most level-headed to not be at times overwhelmed by recent events. I mean, I have been, certainly. And we've just recently wrapped up the latest Global Climate Change Conference, COP26 in Glasgow. And during that two-week conference, our headlines, the media everywhere, really, it was dominated by the consequences for humanity, the terrible outlook for our planet, unless we take drastic action now. So not really a recipe for peace or clearing your mind of anxious thoughts. Whilst preparing for today... I did an online search. I entered the words, because of the Oxford English Dictionary definition, it talks about inner calm, tranquility. So I put in the word mental health. And these were some of the headlines that popped up. Every 67 seconds, someone calls 999 with a mental health emergency. So since I started talking, that's seven phone calls. In the UK, 1.5 million young people are suffering with mental health problems. And actually, more than 2,000 children every day are referred to NHS mental health services. Every day. I mean, it's a pandemic, especially uh, among the young. But actually, if you look, there are countless articles, there are countless reports to read about those struggling with mental health issues, and it affects everyone. You look at it, it's young, old, professionals, politicians, church leaders, journalists, farmers, uh, the lonely, people who stay at home, who, who work at home. It's, it's seemingly everywhere. So this morning, in the light of all of that, let's talk about the peace of the kingdom. Let's fix our eyes and our hearts on some Holy Spirit-inspired truth. What does God's word say about this? What does King Jesus say about this? Because we've already sung this morning, haven't we? How great is our God? All will see how great is our God. And that's the God we are going to focus on this morning, on not all the stuff out there and the Google searches and everything else and the information So one thing that Jesus says is the truth will set you free. 
So if you're trapped in anxiety today, if you are struggling to know the peace that passes understanding, and this is, I'm talking to you at home as well, do listen up. Because I can tell you from experience that it is an absolute blessing to know and to live and to walk in the peace of the kingdom. In fact, it is invaluable and it is yours for the taking today. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so let's unpack the story in Luke. Uh, The disciples, as I said, very familiar. Uh, The disciples and Jesus set off across a lake in a boat. And to begin with, it's lovely. It's really tranquil, you assume. The journey is good, so much so that Jesus actually nods off. Now, whilst he was sleeping, Luke says the winds begin to rise and it's developed into a fierce storm that threatens to swamp them. The disciples panicked. Now, let's not forget that some of these disciples were seasoned sailors. They were fishermen. And so when it came to being on the water, they weren't nervous passengers at all. I'm sure that in their fishing days, they would have dealt with many a storm that came along. But this one put them in real danger. And where was Jesus in this storm? Well, he's in the boat and he's asleep. So the first thing to note here is Jesus is in the boat. And this particular point is critical because if we are to experience, know, and walk in the peace of the kingdom, we need to know Jesus. We need to know the king. And not just know him, but we need to be in a relationship with him. Yes, He was in the boat with the disciples, but he wasn't some nondescript passenger that they just picked up along the way and they were giving a lift to. These men were followers of Jesus, so they had made a choice. They'd given up everything to follow him. And it's the same for us, because if we're to know a supernatural peace, if we're to know the peace of God, then we need to have made that choice to follow Jesus to give our lives to him. And if you're with us now, if you're watching at home, and that's a decision you haven't actually made, if you can't say that, yes, I have chosen to follow Jesus, he's a part of my life, I've asked him to enter in, and you want to, it is just a simple prayer away, and you are absolutely in the right place. And as we've already mentioned this morning, there are people here afterwards who can talk with you, who can pray with you online. I believe that's available as well. But also you can go to the welcome area afterwards. That's a great place to go where there are people who can chat to you and talk to you and point you to Jesus. Do not miss the opportunity. So he will be with you. Um, So that's the first thing. Jesus needs to be in your boat, and not just as a passenger, but as your saviour. And then you've got the opportunity to know the peace that is described in Philippians 4, the peace of God which transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And given what I was saying at the beginning about mental health, and about how some people are struggling with that now, maybe you're struggling with that now, a peace that passes understanding that guards your hearts and your minds, that's just what we need, isn't it? And that is the peace of the kingdom. That is something that will uh, transform your life, which uh, it's not a technique. It's It's not a mindfulness program. 
It's not about a meditation formula. It is a supernatural gift, and it's not dependent on you or your circumstances. Even when things in our world are really challenging and really, really difficult, we can truly know and live in a God-given peace. And some of you are saying in your heads now, this morning, Sally, how? How do I do it? Sounds great. But, you know, I'm a Christian. God's in my boat. Um, But I really struggle. I really struggle in knowing the peace that you're talking about, especially in the middle of the storm. And that's where the disciples were at. That's exactly where they're at. When the storm was raging, it was very, very threatening. And they thought they could drown. And they did what many of us in that situation would do. They turned to Jesus. And that's exactly the right thing to do. But Jesus is using this crisis to teach his disciples an important lesson. And that is what discipling is all about, by the way. And that's what's so important here in the family of God, that we disciple one another, that we encourage, we help grow, that we build up one another. So it's not just about Jesus being your saviour, him being in your boat, but it's about growing and maturing and becoming a disciple, a follower, so that when the storm comes, we don't drown. That's often the misunderstanding as well about becoming a Christian, because I know certainly when I gave my life to Jesus and I was 15 years old at the time, um, I think I signed up to a life that was going to be great Jesus is a part of my world. What can go wrong? You know, it's all going to be hunky-dory. Everything's going to be fine. Um, I wonder if we sometimes missell the gospel. Because if you actually look at the Bible, it's pretty clear that actually the very opposite is what we will experience. So many examples. Psalm 91 talks about God being with us in trouble. And the fact that In trouble, we will find rest under the shelter of his wings. We will find peace in the midst of the trouble, but we can't avoid trouble. That's one example. The book of James takes it to another level. It says, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. And this is what I believe Jesus was teaching the disciples in the situation that they were in whilst that storm was raging. And it's an important lesson for us too if we are to know peace of God, peace of the kingdom. They woke Jesus up and they shouted, Master, Master, we're going to drown. So Jesus rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped all was calm. Phew, that's great. What a relief. That was a close shave, wasn't it? Brilliant. We can all move on. Cheers, Jesus. Thanks for that. Tickety-boo. Let's move on. The storm has passed. But Jesus takes this further because he asks them the question, where is your faith? He doesn't ask the question, why didn't you have faith? But Where is your faith? When they yelled, Master, Master, we're going to drown, they revealed their faith was firmly established in the fear that they would drown, that they would meet 
a watery grave. And that's the challenge for us. When we're in the storm, where is our faith? And where our faith is will determine what's going on in our hearts and in our minds and whether we are knowing and living in the peace of the God despite the storm. Because we all believe in something, don't we? We all believe in something. The question is, what is it? Is your faith in the circumstances and in the worst case scenario? Is your faith in what, is, what you find in that Google search? Is it all the fear and the worry that is filling your mind? Is it influenced? Is it processing all the information and the, and the news we hear and the social media and this just constant barrage? It's so easy, isn't it, to follow that path when things get tough or we're faced with really difficult circumstances, it's really easy to allow fear and worry to dominate our thinking, especially when the storm is raging and we cry out to Jesus and we feel like there's no response. Is that how you feel sometimes? You're in the middle of the storm, metaphorically speaking, and it seems Jesus is asleep. The winds are blowing, the waves are crashing, you feel like you're drowning, you're praying, you're calling on that Jesus rescue. So often we want the fairy godmother to just come in with the wand and whoosh, everything's okay, peace is restored. Since I became a parent, I really feel like I've come to understand how our Father in heaven operates in a kind of clearer way. Because as parents, how often do we leave our children in what to them is an overwhelming storm and we watch them as they grapple with the challenges and we wonder, will they sink or will they swim? At what point do we come to their rescue? If it's too soon, what have they missed out in terms of their learning and their development? As parents, we often want to just dive in and rescue. We, we, we don't want them to get hurt. But we know that we've got to leave them sometimes to face danger. And maybe they're going to get hurt. But actually, that's part of the lesson. That's part of the experience. That's what's going to help them grow and mature so that when they face future storms, they're in a better place, a better position to handle it. And that's what James is referring to when he says, consider it a joy when you face trouble because it builds character and faith that will see you through the next storm. So let me share with you a little bit about me and apologies to those here who've heard my story before because I have shared it here at King's a few times. But I do really believe, and this is a call out to all of you and you at home, that sharing stories sharing your testimony, sharing about what Jesus is doing in your life is so powerful. It's so encouraging. It's Jesus in the now, isn't it? That's what they did in the Bible days when the Bible wasn't in a book. They would all talk to each other and share stories and and just encourage and build up. So please share your stories. I'm really blessed and encouraged and my faith is strengthened. So please don't hold back. So as I've already mentioned, I have children. In fact, I have six. So let's, let's take a look at the gang. Here they are. Here they are. I know, six. I know. How did that happen, right? How did that happen? Ugh. Four of them are teenagers. Yeah? So what a blessing that is. Peace in the kingdom. Hello. 
Hello. So anyone who's uh, raised a teenager will tell you it is a roller coaster ride. There are highs and lows. Often your stomach is churning. And my wonderful husband, who you can see there, who, he's gone, who was in the meeting earlier, and I, we are currently on a very big roller coaster, by the way. Um, and we are firmly strapped in. We've got Jesus in the roller coaster, the Holy Spirit, everything going. It feels bonkers at times. Dave, who I call Brave Dave, loves roller coasters. I don't like them. I don't like them. But it is a wonderful blessing uh, of six children because we have been co- become known as what's known today as a blended family. And it's funny when you go on holiday. So that photo is on a holiday. We're on holiday in October for half term. And when I told the whole gang that we're going to do a photo on the beach, you can imagine the response to that, right? It's all smiles. It looks like something out of a catalogue, let me tell you. It was very different. Anyway, so that's, that's us now. Um, back in 1999, I married another wonderful husband, Paul, who, when we were both 38 years old, was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer, a very rare type. It's known as a silent killer. It's the same cancer that Steve Jobs had at Apple. And you don't know you've got it. And often you find out and it's too late. And he was a very young, fit man uh, when he was rushed to A&E and we thought he had an appendicitis. In 2017, when Paul was 45, he continued his amazing eternal journey with Jesus in heaven. That was seven years after diagnosis and the boys at that time were aged five and three and Tom, our youngest, came along shortly afterwards. And I have to say that was just such an amazing gift and blessing from God during a very challenging time. Now at times, it seemed and it felt like a raging storm and we faced the possibility of drowning. But we made a choice to live in and rely on the supernatural peace of God, the peace of the kingdom. And if we didn't do that... I hate to think what that seven-year period would have been like. I'm sure it would have been pretty grim. Now, we threw ourselves on Jesus, as the disciples did in the boat. Jesus met with us and challenged us. Where is your faith? When we were praying, soon after we discovered the medical news, we really heard Jesus speak to us. And in this particular case, he speaks to us in lots of ways. But on this particular occasion, it was from the Bible. It was a scripture. And this is where we have to be making sure that we are guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Because what are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you processing? What are you focusing on? What are you taking in? Believe you me, when you're in that sort of situation, there are just so many voices family, friends, people, colleagues, Google searches, whatever. And, and, you know, there's good advice, bad advice. Some people just pile all their fear and anxiety onto you, thinking they're helping somehow. Um, You get absolutely bombarded, and it can really feel like an onslaught. Actually, it is an onslaught. But Jesus is saying, where is your faith? Now, we were in the Word of God And I recommend that, I highly recommend that. Pressing into Jesus, we went to that source. 
And he clearly spoke to us from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7, where it says, Go eat your food with gladness and drink wine with a joyful heart, for it is now that God favours what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. And those last bits basically mean, you know, be as close to Jesus as you can, live a righteous life, live a life he would want us to live and always be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we did. We looked to follow that word from God. We looked to follow that wisdom that we desperately needed in that time. We lived in the now. Now, what is God doing? Now, what is God's blessing? What is his favor for us now? His goodness in the now, because tomorrow will look after itself. Do not worry about tomorrow. This was a clear message for us. We lived in it, but it's not easy, is it? Because we want to know about tomorrow. We want to plan. We want to know what's around the corner, what is ahead. I want to be ready for it. I want to know what's coming. I want to know how tough or hard this might be. I want to know. I want to protect. I want to be, you know, on it. I want to be all over it. So it's hard. It's really hard sometimes to not try and be in control of your word. But we did surrender to what Jesus was telling us to do. And we can sometimes be in a place of striving in the storm. But faith comes from a place of surrender, not striving. It's yielding to the Spirit of God and the power of God to think and feel differently despite what's going on in your circumstances. And that's what we had to do, to know the peace of God in that situation. We were not relying on our circumstances. We were not relying on an easy life. It was not easy or a secure future. We didn't know what the future would bring. So we were, we were just living in that supernatural peace of God, but also joy, which will be your strength because God can give you the joy in the battle that you need to see it through. And when Paul moved to heaven, I had to carry on and make the right choices. Jesus was saying, Sally, where is your faith? And in those moments, we do have the choice to walk and surrender to the truth. As I said at the beginning, Jesus says the truth will set you free. And that's a place where you can know peace in his freedom so I, I now, I still do this, I, and I recommend it to everybody and suggest I walk and talk to myself the truth all the time. So when I'm going to work, when I'm at work, when I'm walking my dog, when I'm doing the housework, when I'm making meals, you know, when I'm on my own, pretty much, I am walking and I'm talking the truth. Jesus is my Lord. He is my saviour. He is my best friend. His love for me is beyond my imagination. Nothing can separate me from him. Nothing can separate me. He is my all in all. All that I need is found in him. His goodness chases after me. God works all things together for my good. 
because he loves me and he knows me. When I wake up in the morning, his mercies are new and fresh in the morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. You are with me throughout the day. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go? When I sleep, you're there. When I wake up, when I walk around, in the desert, you are there, in the storm, in the wonderful, beautiful places. Nothing too difficult me will come my way because you are in my boat. And when my race here is up, I will still be with you in your incredible presence for eternity because of your sacrifice on the cross. Death has lost its sting and I have an eternal, glorious future with you, my wonderful Lord and Saviour. Amen. So, whatever you are facing, whatever storm is swirling around you, position yourself well, and you will know peace in the storm. Is Jesus in your boat? If he is, is he just a passenger? Or have you surrendered to him? Is he in charge? Has he got the hand on the tiller? And also, where is your faith? So I'm now going to hand back to Rich, but just let's stay, shall we, in the presence of God. What God is saying to us at home as well, do that. Stay in the presence of God. What is God saying to you uh, in the situation you're in? Do allow him to speak to you and respond. Thank you.